Welcome to the Black and Green Podcast, your go-to place to find the latest high-quality, all-natural products created by Black artisans. Hosted by yours truly, Dr. Kristen H., we'll discuss all things health, wellness, self-care, and self-love. We'll feature a refreshing lineup of guests, including entrepreneurs, artisans, holistic lifestylists, clean beauty experts, and a plethora of other innovators within the wellness industry. I hope that you join us for this amazing journey. Hi, this is Kristen here with Black and Green. I'm so excited today to have the founder of Pure Home, Angela Richardson. We are going to talk about what it was like for her to create her amazing line of products. But before we get started, I'm going to let Angela introduce herself. Hi, Angela. Hi, Kristen. Uh, This is Angela Richardson. I am the CEO, founder of Pure Home. Um, I'm very excited to be here with you today. Thank you. Thank you. So, Angela, the first thing we have to start off with is tell us a little bit about your products. Okay, so uh, we do, um, we make... um, green um, household cleaners such as laundry detergent, uh, multi-surface all-purpose cleaners, uh, bathroom cleaner, uh, dish soap, um, glass cleaner, window cleaner, and um, yeah, so basically those are our products right now. Uh, We are hoping to expand in the future, but those are our starter. (laughs) Not like that's not enough, but that's (laughs) our... That's what I was going to say, your starter products. You just had a list of about 15 different products that you're creating now. Yes, yes. You know, I've... um... I've always wanted to do um, household cleaners. You know, I started out making um, soap probably about six years ago, and that's what got me started into, you know, wanting to make um, natural, safe, and effective um, products, you know, so starting from that soap, and then it kind of just blossomed from there. Well, so what made you want to create soap, and why did you start doing that like six years ago? Um, I had quit my job, um, because I wanted to, we were trying for a child and so I was home and, um, I was trying to think of ways to, um, let's see, lower our expenses. Mm -hmm. And I knew that, um, our everyday items were, um, you know, the bulk of, not the bulk, but you know, the area that I could possibly cut down. So I got interested in, you know, making soap and kind of from there, I went from soap to lotions to oils to, you know, all (laughs) these different things. And so I got kind of obsessed with uh, soap and, you know, all that. And then um, also at that time, I was like, man, I would love to actually create a product line of everyday essentials. And, you know, so soap was one of those. And then I was like, you know, laundry detergent and, um, you know, surface cleaners and glass cleaners and, you know, just everyday, you know, um, products that I use on a daily basis. And then um, I wanted it to be eco-friendly, non-toxic, but also effective. So. I kind of just went through um, learning chemistry and the science behind it. And it took, you know, it takes a while for me to know. And then I um, 
just, I just, I guess I just kind of went from there. And then I just um, decided that um, probably about two years ago that I was going to start my company. Um, and then, like I said, I went through uh, learning the chemistry and the science behind, because, um, you know, our products are surfactant based. Um, and Please stop I had, you said they're surfactant based. What does that mean? Um, surfactants are basically the chemicals that we use. So like we, we use like decoglucoside and laurel Those are surfactants. Those are so the cleaners. You, so, you know, a lot of us are on this whole, you know, be clean and not use anything that you can't pronounce. And so I know that you want them to be non-toxic and plant-based. So can you explain to us how these chemicals also go hand in hand with the non-toxic plant-based? Sure, absolutely. So, um, and so that is one of the reasons why um, it took me a while because, you know, a lot of uh, products um, have sodium lauryl sulfates in them, you know, a lot of sulfate based products, um, you know, you get your tides and um, like seven generation and Mrs. Myers, um, they all have sulfates in them. And so I kind of started out that route because, you know, that's what they were claiming. We're green, we're green, you know, we're safe, we're effective. But then when I actually started looking at what um, sulfates are mm -hmm. um, and, and how they us, clean. Girl, share us, like tell, educate <laughs> us on sulfates. So we know we're not supposed to put sulfates in our hair. But I don't know if any of us understand why. Like, what, what's the danger with sulfates? Um, generally, they, uh, well, a lot of sulfates are um, carcinogenic, oh. so they cause cancer. Okay. Um, they also um, are ho hormone uh, disruptors. Oh. Um, they cause a lot of irritation on the skin. Um, you know, there's so many health issues and health risks. Um, with sulfates and, um, you know, there's a big company that, um, has actually been sued because they stated that their products did not have sulfates in it, but one of their main ingredients, um, was actually a sulfate. And so she's ending up having to, you know, pay all this money out because of false, wow. um, advertising. And so I kind of looked, you know, when, when that started happening with that company, so I was like, okay. Okay, think, girl. You have to think about really right. what are the green biodegradable and also the most mild but effective cleaners out. Right, right. And so then I kind of had to scrap all those formulations, go back to the drawing board, did tons of research, and then that's how I came up with the ingredients that I have, which are the most, you know, mild but also very effective cleaners. And so that that's what we use in ours are the mild, you know, if you go on to the environmental environmental working group, uh -huh. um, the EW.org, um, uh -huh. and you put our ingredients in there, you'll see how they rate on the scale from one to like 10. And ours rate uh, between like one and four. Okay. Um, most of our um, surfactants rate at a one. And then I think there's only one. Um, surfactant, but it's unnecessary because it is. We also want our um, some of our um, our products, especially our multi-surface cleaners um, and our bathroom cleaner, to have um, antibacterial properties. Okay. You know, to kill the germs and stuff like that. So we have to use a little bit um, 
of a more effective cleaner. And so it's going to rate a little higher, but it's still below five. Okay. And, you know, we, we, we try to look at that. So when we, we choose the ingredients. Okay, that's awesome. How long did it take you to perfect your formula? And, you know, were you cleaning everything around you and making messes on purpose <laughs> and trying to wipe everything up? Absolutely. <laughs> Actually, um, it took me, once I decided to, um, to go ahead and start the business and do the research, um, it took me about 18 months um, to go from, you know, sulfate-based to what we have now. So, and I still, I, I still clean like crazy. I still, I still, I'm still trying to, I'm, I'm a cancer. And so I'm a perfectionist. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so we know that our cleaning products are going to be perfect if you put it on the market. Yes. And I'm like obsessive about everything that I put out and, um, educating consumers. That's what, you know, one of my biggest goals. Um, one of my goals is to educate the consumers as much as I can about what's in their products. You know, I do, um, on Thursdays, uh, what's in your product, uh, let's start a clean conversation and I do a graphic and I, you know, it could be, um, a, an ingredient spotlight or a comparison of our ingredients to, Another product that's on um, out there that people use on a consistent basis. Um, so yeah, we we try to educate because I'm I've learned you know just talking to people um, that they really don't know um, you know and I didn't know until I started and that I guess that's actually where I began six years ago was I started my green living journey. And I, it started with me, you know, reading the labels and saying, what is this stuff that's in these products that I'm using? And that led to tons of research, tons and tons. And, and you know, I'm still constantly researching as things continue to come out, as more information, as studies come out. You know, I, um, I just I read a ton of literature and tons of articles about um, you know, ingredients. And I follow a lot of um, organizations that put out education um, to consumers because it's so important um, that people know. I'm constantly, you know, posting on my social media, you know, just educating people that, you know, what clean is, what truly clean is, because we've been tricked into thinking clean is one thing mm. when it really is not because so let's I talk about it. Like, what do you think we think clean is versus what is clean? I think we think clean means bubbles. Yes. Mm. <laughs> I think we think clean means a certain sense. Yeah. Um, I think we think clean means um, if it doesn't smell like strong pine salt, it's not clean, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean we've even been we've even been duped into um, colored products, mm -hmm. you know, with the dyes and right. all that. You know, one of my favorite thing is um, like a glass or window cleaner, and you know everybody's familiar with the blue color. Mm -hmm. And they associate that with, you know, glass or window cleaner. And I'm like, no, it's just blue dye. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it has nothing to do with the actual cleaning um, properties of the product. It's just a dye. Like when you get uh, a laundry detergent, 
you're used to that bright blue or green color and you associate this with this particular product and it's like, okay, these things have nothing to do with the cleaning effects right. of that product. Right. They're just a way to associate with the product, but it really doesn't have anything to do with cleaning. You know, it, it doesn't have anything to do to do with cleaning. So I guess my thing as, you know, a maker, as a creator of these products as well, is just to let people know that, you know, you don't need dyes, you don't need perfumes, you don't need bubbles, even though we give you bubbles. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you don't need all these things to, to clean. Right. And that's just the bottom line. You don't really need all these things to clean because a lot of that, I mean, the chemicals are toxic. They are killing yes. people, you know, mm -hmm. Johnson and Johnson just, you know, they keep, they keep getting sued. The last one that I saw was $417 million. I'm sorry. Yeah. $417 million because of their toxic, um, baby powder. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And people still use it. I'm like, Lord, please put down the baby. Right. It's interesting. I mean, it's this idea of the role that big business plays in shaping our preferences that we will use these products that are literally harming us because we have yeah. a lack of knowledge. And so I think it's the work that you're doing is really important because, I mean, you, we are literally bringing chemicals in by you know, the, the bucket load in a lot of yeah. these products that are just, they're carcinogenic and they're hurting our bodies and they're affecting our brains and our children and our pets and our animals. And so I think it's important for us to become more conscious and more aware about what we're using in our house and how it's impacting us and really just trying to create that holistic lifestyle in a holistic home, really, you know, at the end of the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the more um, we become aware, um, to me, is that old saying is if you if you know better, really? if you know better, you do better. Yes, yes. <laughs> and that's one thing that I've tried, you know, green living, eco-friendly living, natural living, however you want to call it, is a process. You know, um, it is a complete process. I've been doing this for six years mm -hmm. and I go in and out. And as I, you know, learn more, I try to do better. You know, like right now, I'm really trying to focus on, you know, reducing plastic mm -hmm. and all of these things because, you know, there's there's just so much. There's just so much. And I, I just feel like we've been lied to mm -hmm. and we've been um, basically fooled into thinking all these things about the way we should live our lives yes. based off of the products that we use. Mm -hmm. And it's just complete. Yeah. I know it. You didn't have to say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just nonsense. And I'm just like, no, stop. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, I think that it takes products like yours, getting it out there so people know about it, that can really change the market. And that kind of brings me to this next segment that I want to talk about is being an entrepreneur, being a black woman entrepreneur in this space. What has that been like to talk about being green and holistic and toxic-free products as a black woman in that space. Have you found a lot of support? Has it been difficult? What have been some of the challenges that you've had to deal with? Um, it's, it's, um, it's been a, 
honestly, it's been an interesting journey. And I'm just really at the beginning of it. (laughs) It's I've gone to networking events and I've, you know, when I tell people about my products and they're not African-American and I've had literally people just say, oh, good luck with that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, thank you. And I don't mean, and I know that they don't mean it like good luck in that you're going to succeed. They're like, oh, why did you get in that industry? Because that's like a huge industry. It's one of those, it's, it's really one of these untapped, um, industries that it's, it's really hard. I'm not even going to lie. It's, it's a really hard industry to be in, um, as a woman. And then as an African American woman, um, I find that I have to do work. I have to work harder. Um, and I think that's why like on my social media, I, um, post so much in the way of education. Um, and then not, and I don't really, I sell, but I don't sell. I sell um, more as in a lifestyle brand because I want people to um, think well-rounded about their life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And these products are just one component of that. So it's like, okay, how are you doing mentally? How are you doing emotionally? Mm-hmm. How are you doing, you know, um, how are you letting your glow shine? How are you, you know, I do different challenges each month. And, you know, I do those challenges. I've done minimalism. I've done, um, you know, plastic free or mm-hmm. reducing plastic. And now this month we're doing like a glow challenge. And I do that purposely because I want it to be more of a lifestyle brand. And then I want people to think, okay, so I'm doing all these great things for my mental and self-care and, you know, all these wellness things. Now let me think about like the products that I have on my home and how can I incorporate that? So you're not just, you know, you're not just getting these products and you're not changing any other areas in your life. It's a whole, you know, whole well-rounded lifestyle that you're living right and so that is you know the the route that I've taken as a a woman (laughs) and as an African-American woman that you know we don't get I don't get caught up into you know um I don't know. I, I I don't really know how to say it, but you know, it it is absolutely difficult because it it is a male dominated yes. industry, mm-hmm. um, and you really have to have a lot of like celebrity and um, just outreach. And you know, I've chosen to kind of like um, organically mm-hmm. and slowly build my business mm-hmm. um, rather than you know. Um, just go so fast to where I miss the process because Mm. I'm building a legacy that, you know, if I do end up having a child or children that they can take this business over. Or if I don't have any children that I can um, sell this to a a company, a bigger company that can take it further than I could ever take it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so my process is, you know, slow and steady 
and precise. Mm. I'm very intentional on, you know, I'm very intentional. And that, that was another reason why it took me so long because I had to really consider, you know, I'm an introvert. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I'm, you know, I'm extremely shy and, you know, I want to, and, you know, in this business, I've had to break out of that and, you know, be able to talk to people and share and build community and right. build relationships with people. And, um, you know, to me, it's just a process and I have to just kind of think, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. Right. And, um, even though, um, this industry, what it is, it is what it is, you know, it's still, um, the thing that I enjoy the most, mm -hmm. you know, this company is like my joy. I wake up in the morning and it's like, okay, what products can I, you know, make today? And I'm always developing new things that I don't even put out. I have like probably like 20 products oh, wow. that are just sitting because I'm just trying things and I'm just like developing formulations yeah. and, well, you can know, I put uh, in a request for something, you know, while you're formulating? <laughs> yeah, sure. Absolutely. I need a liquid or a powder for my dish washing machine. Girl, oh my God. I just made one. Did That's you? one of the things I'm trying right now. Please, because, you know, I have not been able to find a high quality toxic one by a black owned brand. So that is wide open. Yes, that mm -hmm. is actually the product. That is the one that I'm testing right now yes. because I use my my dishwasher all the time. Yes. I'm like, oh, you know, I was using this one eco-friendly um, um, dishwasher uh, gel, and it was still leaving a lot of residue on mm -hmm. my um, dishes. And I'm like, what in the world? What is so this? Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so and then I uh, then I first, uh, actually my first product that I uh, made was a powder and I was like, no, it's still leaving that residue. Uh -huh. So, uh, then I, um, developed the gel that I'm testing right now and I've been testing it probably for about a month. Um, and it's really good. The last time that I, uh, used it, it was, it spotless. Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> so, you know, like I said, I'm developing products all the time because I want my company to be um, a provider of, you know, the everyday products yes. that you use. And so that includes so many things. And, you know, it just takes time because I am the formulator and I am the yes. social media maven. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm just so many things um, to this company. And, um it's just a process. It's yes. a slow process, but it is a process. And, you know, we're working on it. <laughs> Thanks to our artisan for joining us. And now to our moment of meditation with Dr. Crystal Jones. So whether you're listening to this podcast as you're walking down the street or in your car, in your home or in your bed, just want you to find a comfortable position where you can relax and take focus on what's happening right now. And as we do this, I want you to focus on your breath, focusing on the fact that your answers are always in your breath. Feeling your breath, not judging it, but experiencing what it feels like. 
If you're able to, you can close your eyes. If not, just keep your focus. Notice where your breath is racing through. Where are you trying to meet so many deadlines in life? Notice where your breath is moving in the same cycle or feeling stuck. Where are you in destructive cycles in life? Where are you not changing the script, but only changing the characters in the play? Just take a moment and notice what your breath feels like and how it relates to your life. Deep breath in. And as you exhale, let everything go that's not serving you. Reminding yourself that you can keep anything that you want to keep. You can let go of anything you want to let go of. But honoring your truth in this breath. As you're breathing in, you're creating. As you're breathing out, you're creating space for what it is that you desire. Little by little, letting go of what's not serving you and honoring the spaces that ask you to hold on at this moment, taking your time and being present. Continue in this breath until you feel like you've let go of everything that's standing in the way of creating what you desire. And as you feel like you've let everything go, Bring the awareness back into your body. I hope that you enjoyed the meditation with Dr. Crystal. Sometimes we all need a reminder to just stop and take a break, stop and clear our minds, stop and be present. But now we're going to hop back into the conversation with our artisan. A lot of our listeners are not only interested in the products, but they're also entrepreneurs. And, you know, talking about that entrepreneurship process, you kind of said something that was interesting is that you're kind of everything to the brand. You know, you're developing your R&D, your marketing, you're kind of doing it all. What yes. has stopped you from hiring someone to run your social media so you don't have to worry about that part or to run different aspects of your brand? Um, that is a good point. I actually have been thinking about it, um, for the beginning of next year. Um, that is actually my goal to, to hire out. I wanted to be comfortable enough, um, in the business to know every aspect of it Mm -hmm. to where I could be able to delegate and feel comfortable with delegating. Um, I, you know, I feel comfortable now. And so I'm just waiting to get through like the holiday rush and, you know, all the sales and, you know, just the holidays through December. Mm -hmm. And then that is like my ultimate goal for next year. Um, We have a a university here in Las Vegas that, you know, uh, has a intern program. Mm And so I think I'm going to go that route just to get some assistance for some of the things that I need to do, especially social media, Mm because I spend a lot of time on that. And it's time that I can't get back that I need to be doing other things. Absolutely. There's some amazing 
black owned businesses that that's all they do is social media. And there's some women who are out here really killing it. So I can um, provide some links to some of those amazing companies that they, this is what they do. They study Facebook and Instagram and they know the strategies and they know how you use the different hashtags and how often you post and what you post and when you post. I mean, they study it. Um, And so, you know, that's one of the things that I, I like to talk to a lot of times with entrepreneurs is, how do you figure out what you need to do and and what how do you figure out what someone else can do? And I think that's a really hard question. Yeah, and it is. It's something that, you know, like I said, I, I think about like this whole month, um, actually towards the middle of like September, I was like, Lord, I need I need a lot of help right now. Yes. <laughs> and I need to kind of outsource it because as the company grows and more people start, you know, um, becoming familiar with us and ordering and things of that. I'm ultimately a maker. Yes. You know, I want to be able to have hands on with the products that go out to the consumers and, you know, formulation and producing the products is what I really love to do. And Mm -hmm. so if I can outsource it, I'm all for that. That's perfect. I mean, I think that's smart. I think it's smart to know this is what I my role and this needs to be and then you can partner with other people who do the other things well right absolutely that's how you scale quickly it's impossible to scale a company by yourself (laughs) yes I absolutely understand that it's absolutely (laughs) impossible so what advice would you have for a young entrepreneur who particularly wants to make products like what advice would you have? What is something that you bumped up against that you just wish, man, if someone would have told me, I wouldn't have made this mistake? Um, know your industry mm-hmm. um, very well. Um, like I said, I do a lot of reading and studying, and I um, go onto the, the industry websites regularly and see what you know um, is going on and what laws have been passed mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So knowing your industry is the utmost important. Um, then I would say, know what you want to do, um, as an entrepreneur and what type of products you want. Um, and then, um, formulate yourself. Um, there's so many recipes and DIYs and it, you know, that's good. And it drives me nuts at the same time, Mm. but know the science behind what you're formulating. Um, if you can, there's so many good books out there and, um, industry, um, magazines that talk about formulation Mm -hmm. that want to help with formulation. If that's the type of product, if you're, if you're doing like, beauty or skincare mm-hmm. or anything like that, you know, you want to actually know the industry behind, behind it. Right. And, um, then from there, uh, know why you want to do what you want to do, you know, have your list of products, um, and then just test. You know, I, before I started, um, I actually had a test, a focus group and, you know, we tested products with them. Um, we tested products with them for several different products. And, you know, I got their feedback on them. You know, we talked about branding. We mm. talked about, you know, just so many different topics before we actually even set, you know, put it out there to the consumers. So I had a focus group. 
And that was really important to me because, you know, how did you find your focus group? Was it your friends and family? Did you post on Facebook? Like what was the process you took to find them? Um, there was one family member because, um, she had smaller children. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to, you know, see how, and plus she, she's like neurotic about cleaning. Right, right. <laughs> and so I really wanted her opinion because she's, um, she, you know, she loves to clean and then she has the small children and I wanted to see, you know, how it was in her house to have, cause I don't have children. Right. So I wanted someone that had, that had children that loved to clean and that could use the products and give me honest feedback. Right. And, you know, so she was my family member that I reached out. And then I had two other people that I, you know, don't know. I just only know online. Mm. And, um, you know, I reached out to them and they, they, one was a single, you know, mm -hmm. early thirties, so millennial type. And, you know, uh, she had her career going and, you know, single, um, you know, so I wanted her opinion because, you know, that's part of the group of people that, you know, millennials are, you know, one of our groups of people that we market to, you know, that we're trying to reach out to. So, and then I had another one that was like 30, mid 35. Um, and she had a child, but, um, uh, her different, her, her lifestyle was a little bit different in that she was military and, mm -hmm. you know, so it kind of ranged, um, you know, for that focus group and they were all different and all, they all had different opinions about the product. Right. And, you know, and that helped me a lot to kind of develop, you know, what the brand should look like, mm -hmm. you know, how the product should work, you know, what the ingredients were, what the scents were. They right. actually need to develop the scents and make sure that they were, you know, good scents um, and all of that. Um, you mentioned this idea about like they all had different opinions. I think when you're starting a business that everyone has opinions. And so yeah. you should do this. You shouldn't do that. You should package it this way. You shouldn't package it this way. You should do your website mm -hmm. like that. I don't like the name. This name is better. Have you tried this? <laughs> like, the, I mean, there's no shortage of opinions. So how do you sift through the good opinions versus the bad ones? Because sometimes people will have you go in circles. One person will say, I love the lavender. It's the best one. Someone will say, I hate mm -hmm. the lavender. Why would you ever create that? So how do you kind of make decisions with all that noise, but yet still being um, receptive to what you're hearing. Sure. So yes, uh, everybody has an opinion and they still <laughs> do. <laughs> it drives me nuts. And I'm just like, okay, so I take those opinions and the suggestions and the comments and I weigh it um, against, you know, what the industry standard is. Mm, yes. And then from there, intuitively right I make my decision I mean I think you're talking about your gut like at the end of the day yeah. the product represents you and so I think mm -hmm. that there's there's some there's something to say I like this and mm -hmm. I my market is other people who like this too I think once you get kind of too far away from who you are and what you like and why you created it then you start to miss the mark Absolutely. And you know, that was one of the, the biggest struggles with starting this company is because um, I'm such a people pleaser. I'm a server. Mm -hmm. um, all of my, um, you know, careers that I've had has been working with the community. Like I said, I was a social worker and, you know, I worked in education before. So I'm a, I, I serve people. You know, that's I, I love working with people um, on just service level. Yes. And so I 
I worry about people's opinions. And actually, I've kind of gotten away from that, being in the business that I am and how far I've gotten into it to the point where I can, I have to trust myself and know that, you know, you've done the work to um, unearth what you really want to do yes. with this company. Yes. And I think that as entrepreneurs, you have to unearth the reason why you're doing this mm -hmm. and you have to be sure about why you're doing it. You have to be sure within yourself that, you know, you can do this and, you know, it's, even though it's going to be difficult, you're going to have hard times, you know, entrepreneurship is up and down and, you know, in and out and you're, you're going to struggle and, you know, but as long as I go back to that, that the, the original, this is why I'm doing this. Yes. Yes. Oh, I then like that. everything else, you know, I may cry about it. I may stress about it. And then I get, I center myself and I say, okay, Angela, remember, you know, I, I have notebooks that I write in, you know, from the beginning of me just starting out formulating. Mm -hmm. And I write down my thoughts on a, a daily basis and that is one way that I center myself mm -hmm. as long as I'm centered in knowing this is what, you know, this is what it is. This is what, this is where I'm going. Then I take those, you know, opinions and those comments. Cause I still get them, you know, mm. people are like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I have this business that I'm working on and I know that it's going to take, you know, possibly some years for it to actually be where I want it to be. I'm okay with that, you know, and a lot of people, a lot of people around me are not okay with that. And I'm okay with them not being okay with that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, because I know what I'm working for, I'm working for the legacy. I'm working for, yes. you know, that, you know, and I have to say that that Jay-Z song with DJ Khaled, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. there's a line in there that said that Jay-Z says, till you own your own, you can't be free. Oh, that's so true. Yes. <laughs> and that that line two years ago when I started, well, a year ago when that song came out, that has stuck in my, my mind and in my heart. And I believe that a hundred percent till I own my own, I cannot be free. Mm -hmm. yes. And so that is what I'm working for so that I can have that freedom to, you know, support my family, to leave this thing, you know, to my, to my kids, or if I end up adopting, if I have my own or whatever the case may be, I want them to look at me and say, you know, you did something, you did something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that that is you know that's it for me i mean your passion is like so clear and i think this is what's amazing about supporting minority women-owned businesses is that you aren't just making some corporation richer that you're supporting a family's dream we can make the choice in how we spend our money to invest in people's family to invest in our future to invest in our livelihood all while getting products that are better for us and better for our, our environment, <laughs> better for our health. It's, so it's just such a win-win. It's really a no-brainer um, right. in supporting products like yours and what they really do for us. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I actually I tried to do the same for other businesses um, because I know the struggle. Yes. <laughs> and I look at them and it's like, let me, I want to buy this because it's so wonderful and it's, it's, you know, handmade and whatever the case may be. I know their struggle. And so I support other businesses as well, you know, other, especially women entrepreneurs. Yes. 
Um, because I know we put our heart and soul into it mm-hmm. and it's not just, you know, you know, for some it's just making the money, but for mostly the women that I encounter, you know, cause I'm in just different groups that are makers and different things. And I see their heart and their, yes. their passion mm-hmm. for what they do and it matches mine. And I'm like, yes, sister, get it. Get it. Yes. <laughs> because, and I think you know, a really good message is that we have to support each other. It's, um, it's sort of this idea, I think, that there was a, a, a quote going around where Nicki Minaj was saying that she had to work three times as hard to get the titles as everyone else. And I was like, what if we were the ones giving out the titles, right? Like, what yeah. if we just supported each other? And we, because there's a, like, when you're going into a new industry, you aren't going to capitalize that entire industry. Like, you're trying to figure mm-hmm. out what percentage of this total market can I get? What can be my market share? But if we knew that if I create a product, a good, solid, high quality product as a black woman, I could count on other black women to support me, I think that would go a really long way. And so I really want us to, as people, as creators, as entrepreneurs, as we're creating our own products, to remind people that, hey, just as I need you to support me, like uh, um, you know, I need to support you, and it kind of goes absolutely. in both directions. Absolutely, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. It's, it's, it's you know, it's it's amazing thing, you know, because we don't um, ever get taught entrepreneurship. You know, I have degrees and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know stuff like that, and it it it's just one of those things where you really it's a it's a trial by fire. And um, black women really have to do more. And, you know, to me, in a lot of ways, it's very unfortunate. But then it's also a great thing because we appreciate it more. And, um, you know, in supporting other women. And actually, honestly, black women have been my biggest supporters in this business. Right. And that has been so amazing to me because when I started it, I didn't really have any expectation from anybody, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I just was like, I'm putting this out here because, you know, this is what, this is, this is us. And then when, you know, you put it out there and you get the support back from, you know, so many African-American women, it's just amazing. Yeah, it's just, absolutely. it's so humbling and so thought provoking right. because now I'm basically like, I'm trying to educate them and I've always wanted to. And now I I actually have the audience to where I can. And so it's just, it's just so amazing. It's just so amazing. And I think also it, it challenges the narrative that we get mainstream is that black women don't support each other. And I know that that is simply not true, that black women are some of the most supportive people that I've ever have dealt with and that we really do take our brains, our brands to heart. And when we when we absolutely have each other's back. And so I just think it's really important for these messages of support and empowerment just continue to get out there just to slowly change that narrative that we are not the land of housewives that we see splattered all over the TV. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us today to talk about your amazing brand, Pure Home. It was such a pleasure to talk with you. Um, We look forward to seeing how you grow in the future. We definitely look forward to seeing this uh, dishwashing 
<laughs> jail. <laughs> when you, as soon as it comes out, let me know. I will be your first customer. I have been looking for one. So um, that would be absolutely be amazing. And um, any way that black and green can support you in the future, we are always here. This, I mean, this is what we want to do is support black women entrepreneurs in the health and wellness space, creating products that make our lives healthier, um, that remove toxins out of our environment, that are sustainable. We want to do whatever we can yes. to help you support um, and create and just continue to do what you do. So thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for being a part of our journey and listening to the Black and Green podcast. Tune in next week when we feature another Black woman artisan who creates all natural products. You can buy products to support our artisans at blkgrn.com and check us out on all social media at blk and grn. Make sure you like and share our podcast with your friends. Until next time, buy black and live green.